0: Welcome back, everyone. We have an exciting episode to get into. If you know me, you know I like investing in monopolies. I call them monopolistic companies or oligopolies, which is basically a word to mean a shared monopoly. Now, when I've studied great investors, what I've noticed is that most of them like investing in monopolies, and investing in monopolies typically does well over a long period of time. In fact, the greatest investor of all time, Warren Buffett, has repeatedly invested in monopolies. Companies like Visa and MasterCard, Moody's, companies like Apple that own the Apple App Store, a very monopolistic position. Now, Warren Buffett doesn't call them monopolies. He uses the euphemism called moat, which is basically having a very good competitive advantage. But that is a euphemism. That's a friendly way of saying this company is very monopolistic. It's very difficult to compete with. So it's a different term for the same meaning. But overall... I try to invest in monopolies, companies that have an incredibly wide moat, an incredible competitive advantage. And I have a portfolio full of these type of companies. Now, one side effect, if you will, one potential problem with investing in monopolistic companies is they're often the target from governments. They're the target from U.S. government and from European government. We've seen the European government frequently target companies like Google, Amazon, and Apple for being monopoly or using anti-competitive measures. They fine them for billions of dollars, which in most cases is like a speeding ticket. The companies continue compounding in the future. But we also have cases where the U.S. government targets monopolies. We have right now the FTC with Lena Khan going after Amazon. Now, I don't necessarily think that Amazon is a monopoly as much as FTC says they are, but we have this going on all the time. The case that I wanna talk about today is one that started a week ago, which is the Department of Justice targeting Google. In this case, the DOJ is targeting Google for being an illegal monopoly specific to their search engine. They're alleging that Google has used relationships with default positions on browsers like Apple Safari to box out all other competition. So basically the relationship is Google pays Apple tens of billions of dollars per year to be the default position on every Apple device. So when you buy a new iPhone and you open up the Safari browser, the first thing you see is google.com, the Google search. That default position is very valuable. Google's been paying Apple tens of billions of dollars per year for that position. And the Department of Justice is saying that that's unfair. Now, this trial has been going on for a while, so we're getting more information on it. But the most recent thing that has happened is a new person has been called to the stand. Satya Nadella, who is the CEO of Microsoft, was pulled into the courtroom as part of this trial to give his perspective on dealing with Apple and Google and with Bing, trying to compete with Google, as well as trying to negotiate deals with Apple to be the default search position. Now, while he's giving testimony, he didn't hold back. He went hard against Google, really hard against him. I mean, he did not hold back at all. So this wasn't a situation where these CEOs of big tech companies are all buddy-buddy, nudging each other's shoulders and being friendly with each other. He wasn't friendly at all with Google. And I thought his testimony was fascinating. So we're going to be going through what Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, had to say about Google's deal with Apple. So Nadella takes the stand in a dark blue suit. That's how this starts, to be questioned by the lawyer from the Department of Justice. At first, the DOJ's lawyer simply asked Nadella to explain why he even wanted to try to compete with Google. So that's the framing of this. First of all, why do you even want to compete with Google in the first place? You already have a pretty good business at Microsoft. Here is Nadella's answer, which I also think is just enlightening. Money. He says, quote, I see search as the largest software category out there by far. He continues saying, I used to think of Windows and Office as attractive businesses until I saw search. Uh, again, he's painting out search to be so much more so much more than what he already is in control of with Windows and Office. He explained that Bing didn't have to win the market to be a big business, and that Bing already turns a profit for Microsoft. Google's lead counsel, Later joked that he wished his law firm could count, quote, marginally profitable in the billions of dollars, as Nadella did with Bing. Quote, you, c- you should get out there and start a search business, Nadella replied. So to Nadella, having a marginally profitable search business means billions and billions of dollars of free cash flow. That's just marginal profitability. And it's true. When we look at Google search, I can bring it up here on Qualtrim. And this isn't just Google search. We we can't break that away in and of itself. But Google search makes up the majority of their profits. If you look at Google, the company is astronomically profitable. Look at the free cash flow of this company. This is mostly due to Google search. Now YouTube does make some profits for them. Google Cloud is finally barely profitable. But those businesses are little side quests. They're little uh, side things off to the main dish. Google search is what's generating 67, 60 billion dollars per year. These are enormously high amounts of free cash flow, all generated by the same company. Now, to even add on to this, you might factor in dilution through stock-based comp because Google has to hire a lot of employees. These lots of employees are mostly for the cloud business. So most of the expense associated with Google isn't even with their core search business. Their core search business is highly efficient with extremely high margins. So Satya Nadella is correct in describing this business as more attractive than Microsoft Office, Microsoft Windows. It's a better business than both of them. Now, after the Department of Justice has established with Nadella saying that Google's the best business that he's ever seen, that the search business is wildly profitable and way better than Microsoft's business, he moves on to this relationship between Google and Apple, where they're paying them exclusively billions of dollars to be the exclusive search engine on Apple Safari. This is the relationship that's at the center of this case. He asks Nadella, What would it mean if Microsoft were were to have this deal instead of Google? And he says, quote, it would be a game changer. He said that Microsoft was prepared to give Apple all the economic upside of the deal if Apple were to switch to Bing. That right there is just amazing. Nadella's coming to Apple saying, please make us the default. We will pay you just as much money and we'll give you all the potential upside. Nadella wants to make this deal so bad to grow Bing Search. He has to get the default position. He's willing to basically do anything for it. He said he was also prepared to lose up to $15 billion a year in the process. Now, Microsoft makes a lot of money, but that's no small amount even for Microsoft. If we look at how much $15 billion a year is compared to their cash flows, Microsoft last year made $65 billion. So you're chunking away 20-25% of their cash flows. That's a lot. That's how much Nadella is willing to give up to be the default search engine on Apple devices. That one exclusive agreement. Isn't that incredible, the position that Apple's in? These companies will do anything. They will beg Tim Cook to be the default. Beg him. Nadella even said that he was willing to hide the Bing brand in Apple users' search engine and respect any of the company's privacy wishes. So urgent was his need to get more data at any cost. Quote, Defaults are the only thing that matters, the only thing that matters, he says, in terms of changing user behavior. He called the idea that it's easy to switch, quote, bogus. Again, he's going hard against Google. Google's trying at the same time to paint the picture that defaults are just a little part of doing business. They're not all that matters. And here we have the CEO of Microsoft showing that he was willing to do anything to get a deal with Apple and he calls defaults the only thing that matters in changing user behavior. And he basically calls the entire Google argument, their lawyers in their case, bogus. So if you think these CEOs are friendly with each other in terms of business, they're not. They are fiercely competitive with each other. We move on to the part where Microsoft basically says that they're being boxed out of this relationship by both Apple and Google. Has Microsoft tried to become Apple's default search engine? Yes, Nadella said. How'd it go? Not well. Nadella deadpanned. Not only are the economics of the Google deal hugely favorable for Apple, he said, but Apple may also be afraid of what Google could do if it lost default status. So this is the scenario that if Apple decided to say, hey, Google, we're not going to take your money anymore. We want Microsoft's money. They're the highest bidder now. They're paying us more. Apple is afraid of how Google will retaliate. And this is something that I didn't really think of until this case. Google has a number of hugely popular services like Gmail and YouTube. What if Google used those apps to relentlessly promote downloading Chrome, thus teaching people to circumvent the Safari browser entirely? That fair, Nadella claims, keeps Apple and Google together as much as anything. So Nadell is saying that the reason that Apple continues to do this deal with Google exclusively is because if Apple doesn't, Google will make it so that Safari browser is circumvented. Google will put on YouTube at the very top before every video that YouTube works better with Google Chrome. Download right here with a huge button. And they'll keep doing that relentlessly, repeatedly. When you do that repeatedly, it conditions users over time. They will, at one point in time just click the button to get it to go away. And then boom, they're using Google Chrome instead of Apple Safari. And then it doesn't matter if Safari holds the default position because people have circumvented it using Google Chrome. If Google did that with Gmail and YouTube relentlessly, they could convert people away from Safari browser, which of course Apple doesn't want. So I believe Nadala in this claim. I think it also, it shows the power that Google has. Google really does have some ways to retaliate if they're, if they're boxed out of this deal. Now, continuing on, we get into the AI battle. As we know, Nadella was pretty excited at one point to be in the lead with the AI battle with ChatGPT. But now he's walking back those statements a little, saying that Google's still very much in the AI game, and they may even be a bigger AI leader than they were with Google Search. So he lays out the case for Google insulating their position with AI. Nadella called search engines, quote, the organizing layer of the internet, but the large language model powered systems continue to grow. Publishers and platforms are growing wary of how their data is ingested and used to train AI systems. Those publishers Nadella said may start to sign exclusive deals that allow Google and only Google to use their data that would essentially crush every other search engine on the market. So here's the scenario right now, right now, With search engines, you can crawl the web and create links based off of that. So everyone can at least start a very basic search engine. But with large language models, it's a bit different. You use all the text on websites to train data. And a lot of websites are saying you don't have permission to do that unless you pay us. You have to cough up some cash to do it. So companies like Google are striking exclusive deals with different data, with different websites that have lots of data, to make it so that only they can train the best AI systems. And this is the problem that Nadella's highlighting right here. He says, what is publicly available today? Will it be publicly available tomorrow? That is the issue. He said that he's already hearing from publishers with a deal in place with Google asking Bing to match it. So Google's way ahead of this. So Nadella is relaying the exact same thing that smaller upstart search engines say. Now we move on to where of course, Anytime, and if you've watched any type of lawyer show, you'll know this, you'll see that anytime you bring someone on the stage to testify on your behalf, they also have a chance for the opposing counsel to question them. That's called cross-examination. That's so that you can get kind of both sides of the story. So that if your testimony or what your questions were, were one-sided or they're misleading, they have the other counsel that can try to Clarify things. So here we have a new lawyer, this time from Google, cross-examining Nadella. Now, they had a completely different view, of course. Google views this totally different than the Department of Justice. In his view, Bing is not an inferior search engine because it was deprived of oxygen by Google. Bing is inferior because Microsoft has mismanaged its search and mobile products for the better part of two decades. So here we have we have Nadella, He's on the stand talking about how Google is anti-competitive and they're big meanies striking this deal with Apple. And then the Google lawyers come in and just say, the truth is your products just suck because you've made bad decisions. That's literally what the lawyers are saying here. You're just bad at managing search. And then they go through and basically prove that Microsoft has been really bad at managing search. A key part of Google's defense is that it's not illegal to build the best search engine. And the Google lawyer argued that that's the only thing. That's the only thing Google did. Their lawyers led Nadella through a nearly two-hour tour of Microsoft's failure. From MSN Search in 1998, through the ugly end of Internet Explorer, the expensive failure of the Windows phone, the endless renaming and rebooting of Microsoft Search products, its hugely problematic deals to bundle Bing with BlackBerry and Nokia phones, and much more. So they're going through example after example after example, this huge timeline of events of Microsoft fumbling and and bungling everything along the way, painting the picture that Google was just doing things right. They had one search engine named one thing, one nice product growing organically, while Microsoft is over here tripping over their own feet. That's the picture that Google lawyers are painting. Now, Nadella, as he did so often during the cross-examination, nodded and said, correct, and that sounds right. So Nadella's nodding his head, agreeing with this this lashing of Microsoft's management and mismanagement of this product. He knows that Microsoft hasn't done the best job historically with the search product over the past 20 years. So he's being honest and saying that it hasn't been great. Now, one of the big defenses from Google is pointing out that Microsoft does have default power. This whole case is focused on Google having an agreement with Apple, but remember that Microsoft has a lot of Windows devices. On every Windows device that you install, there's going to be the Edge browser installed by default with Microsoft being being the default search engine. So Google's pointing out, hey, look, Microsoft, you have the default position on millions of devices that are sold every single year. What are you complaining about? Listen to how Nadala responds to this point of contention. The Google lawyer pointed out that even though Microsoft bundles Edge and Bing, which is the browser and the search engine of Microsoft, with every Windows PC on the planet, Chrome and Google Search are both vastly more popular among Windows users. That, he argued, as he has throughout the trial, proves that defaults don't actually matter that much. Nadella and the DOJ said it proved the opposite. The very fact that Bing has market share of any kind on Windows, which is somewhere in the teens, Nadella said, as opposed to the low single digits on mobile, is proof that defaults do work. More people used Bing, which helps make Bing better, which made fewer people switch. Not everyone would drop Google immediately, he said, but controlling the defaults has helped Microsoft begin to make a dent. I think this is proving very tough for the Google lawyers to argue. And I think that Nadella is being a big thorn in their side. This testimony, having him as a witness or whatever you call it on the stand, is not doing Google any favors. Nadella repeatedly said he believes that defaults matter in a big way, no matter what the Windows market share numbers say. When the lawyers asked him to respond to the idea that users can easily switch search engines, he said that, quote, my only argument against that is that users don't switch. So even though they can easily do it, they just don't do it. So defaults matter. His best example, Apple Maps, which started out disastrously bad, has still grown and gained market share in the last decade because it's pre-installed on every iPhone. People use it. It's the default, he said. Now, I would take a little bit of disagreement in this. I've tried using Apple Maps historically, and the product was really bad. So I installed Google Maps, and I would use Google Maps routinely. But then over the years, Apple Maps became better. In fact, it became a lot better. Right now, I think Apple Maps is just about as good as Google Maps. So I do think it's important to have defaults, and I certainly think defaults matter, but the product also has to be good. If the product is way bad or way worse than the alternative, people will switch. They will make the effort to switch if the product they're switching to is significantly better. But if the products are about the same, which I think Apple Maps and Google Maps are about the same now, then people tend to choose the default. And that makes sense. If there's no huge incentive to shift, then people will naturally use the default. So you have to have both a competing product that's just as good and be in the default position and that's exactly the position that google's in they have the best product in the default position right where they want things to be and that right there wraps up the day of sasha nadella at court as part of this lawsuit he did not do google any favors in fact i think he swayed the case further in favor of the department of justice painting Google to be an anti-competitive company that boxes out all competition, that uses retaliatory measures if they face any competition. And I also believe that Nadella accurately showed how powerful defaults are, another thing that Google's trying to argue against. Nadella showed that he's willing to do anything for Microsoft's Bing to be defaulted on Safari. He was willing to give up all the economic upside, to pay 15 billion a year, to brand it under Apple's branding, to not even have his own branding. So the argument from Google lawyers that default positions don't matter, I don't see how they're going to accurately argue that against a judge that's listening to another executive that's basically willing to do anything to be the default. I just think it's a very difficult argument for Google. And when I look at this case, I think it's a tough one for Google. I say this as a Google investor. Now, if Google loses this case, do I think that's the end of Google? Of course not. Most companies, big tech companies and monopolistic companies that lose a case here or there, they typically survive it and become stronger over time. But there is a chance that Google's going to have to give up this relationship with Apple if the case keeps going this way. So that's what we know as of now. I'll give more updates in the future. See you in the next one.